I'm reading this morning from the book of Leviticus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, chapter 6, and beginning at verse 12. No. All right, somebody's having a party in there. When we get this edition finished over there, that you won't hear any of that anymore. It'll be all over there, safe and quiet. Leviticus 6, beginning at verse number 12. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn it thereon, the fat of the peace offerings. And the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Thank you, the Lord, today for the word of God. We ask your blessing upon it. Right now, God, and enable me to speak, Lord, what you would have this church to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. And let the church say, in Jesus' name. name. Shake a few hands and greet some folks as you're being seated this morning. lovely to be in the house of the Lord and be with God's people. And what a wonderful and safe place this is for us to gather together. You know that instantly we're connected, we're family, we're friends, we're more than friends, we're family. Amen. And we have a relationship with each other in Jesus Christ that is stronger even than the bonds of many families uh, today. So we're thanking God for the church family. It's a great, great place to be. Let's give God a hand for us. Thank you. Well, I kind of have a weird thought this morning. I don't really quite know how it's going to go, but this is what the Lord gave me, and I want to share it with you. Of combustibles, conductors, and other things. And to quote, I'm going to make two or three quotes this morning, but to quote Leonard Ravenhill in his book Revival Praying, he said, No office on earth carries more peril with it than that of the ministry of the Word, Uh, The word to preach just because the Sabbath comes around is wrong. To preach just to fill an hour is or or less is wrong. And to preach for the sake of preaching is evil. Preaching does have perils. What that means is that preaching needs to have a point. And it needs to have a strong spiritual point. At the end of the day, it needs to have said something that left us with something that can change a life. Ian Bounds in Preacher and Prayer, whom Ravenhill often quoted, said, Preachers are not sermon makers, but men makers and saint makers. And he is only well trained for this business who has made himself a man and a saint. It is not great talents, nor great learning, nor great preachers that God needs, but men great in holiness, great in faith, great for God. Men always preaching by holy sermons in the pulpit and holy lives out of it. 
Furthermore, he said, no amount of money, genius, or culture can move things for God. Holiness organizes the soul. Holiness organizes the soul. The whole man aflame with love, with desire for more faith, more prayer, more zeal, more consecration. This is the secret of prayer. So I want to get at where I want to go this morning is to really help us to find a way where we can be better connectors to the Spirit of God because it is all important, and not just for us, not just for our immediate condition, but for the world at large. I think that what has gone wrong with the world today has been a failure of churches and Christianity to provoke people to a spiritual place where they are uh, with God. They are accountable to God and they are with God and, and God is working in their life. Because you see, if other things are organizing our life, we are being drawn away from the very thing that can bring us to the connection of God. We are the one key that can bring the divine down on earth. We are the means by which divinity is translated down to this earth. We are the ones that can make a spirit, make an, create an atmosphere and produce a result amongst the people that we live in the midst of. We're the ones that can do it. We, are the, we have the ability to shut the flow off or to turn the flow on. From the beginning of time, God ordained sacrifice and offerings to propitiate sin and to appease God and to give man the ability to approach the divine. In order to accomplish this, three things are required. An altar, but not just any altar. The altar had to be approved by God. It, it had to be approved by God. In the Old Testament, they should not be cut stones, but they should be stones from the field, common stones that men have not altered or changed, drawn from the earth, drawn from the Creator, molded and shaped by the hands of God who made them. They should not be cut stones, but they should be ordinary stones from the field. An altar should not be so high that it revealed the secrets of men and women as they climbed high steps to approach the altar. But the, it should be down close to the ground. Hallelujah. And it should be built there, amen, where you could be close to the ground and touching the earth, amen, that God had made us from. It needed to have a sacrifice, but it could not just be any old sacrifice. The sacrifice must be approved by God. It, it had to be an appropriate sacrifice. A sacrifice had to be something of value. It couldn't be just any old thing that you wanted to get rid of and you didn't have use for anymore, but it should be something that you could use and would, and would be a blessing to you and to others if you kept it, but more so a blessing because you're releasing it to the trust of God. It must be an appropriate sacrifice, a holy and acceptable sacrifice. Still, with all that said, without a fire, all of it is meaningless. There needs to be a fire upon the altar and upon the sacrifice. A cold, dead altar will not do anything for you. A unburnt sacrifice will not render any spiritual energy or connection with God. 
There has to be something burning there that will transform that sacrifice into that spiritual energy. Amen. That will bring you where you need to be with God. Oh, let's give God a hand praise right now. Thank God. Thank God for the blood. Now, we know that fire needs something to burn. It needs something that is combustible. Fire is the desired end. It's the result that we want to have. Amen. Uh, but uh, so, so it's valuable to us. So when men discovered fire, we, we improved our nutrition. We, we, we found that we could cook and eat by fire, and it improved the food that we uh, would consume, and it also provides comfort for us. We heat our homes with fire, and uh, we heat our water with fire, which provides us comfort. But ultimately, fire is a destructive thing. Ultimately, fire uses up what it needs to live. consumes what it combusts, but in the process of consumption, it does something else. It releases energy. Hallelujah. Fire releases energy. There's power in fire. Amen. There's work that can be done in fire. Hallelujah. Uh, things happen because of fire, but Fire needs to burn on something. We note in our text of scripture, the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn therein the fat of the peace offerings. And the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. This was Israel's connection to God. There had to be a daily sacrifice. There was a daily consumption of something. <clears throat> but <clears throat> this is contrary wise to our nor normal thinking because if you've ever built a fire, and some of you have, you know you have to start with something. You don't start with fire, but you start with something else. You start with wood. You have some combustible material, and you have that there, and you bring the fire to it. And you get the fire going. I remember some years ago, uh, Brother Whirling and I were canoeing down the Hudson River. And we spent a three-day trip canoeing down the river. And we camped the first night on a little sandbar island. Not very safe, because if there had been a flash flood, we'd have been washed away. But it was dusk, and we needed to find a place to park. And property owners owned the banks, so uh, we found a little spot there where we could camp. But as we began to want to make a fire to warm ourselves and to cook our meal, we began to gather sticks and uh, driftwood and things. Uh, but everything was damp. It was all damp because it was on the sandbar. And so uh, we spent quite some time uh, trying to find the means to get that fire started. And uh, you know damp wood and damp kindling won't help you. It's not going to do much good. And so we... We'd try. We used up all of our fire sticks. We'd try. And the thing would smolder a little while and go out. We were going through our wallets and getting receipts out and burning them, you know, and trying to, uh, anything with dry paper on it and just trying to get anything 
to get going. And, and, and finally, we did get it going. How many of you know that wet wood will burn? Wet wood will burn. Damp wood will burn, but you've got to work with it. Amen. You've got to work with it a little while. Hallelujah. You've got to keep starting that fire. You've got to keep putting fire to it. You've got to keep putting heat to it. It'll frustrate you a little. But if you're patient and if you're long-suffering and if you keep trying, hallelujah, you can get damp wood to burn. You'll get it to ignite and it'll finally take off. Hallelujah. So where did this fire come from? The fire was there first, then the wood, then the sacrifice. Where did the fire come from? The fire came from God. When first it fell upon the brazen altar. For the very first time the brazen altar was being used. And the tabernacle was being dedicated to the Lord. They put the wood on there and they put the sacrifice on there. But they didn't bring any fire to it. God brought the fire to it. Hallelujah. And it was their job from that point on to keep the fire going. Hallelujah. Oh! The day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one place in one accord. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. The fire fell of the day of Pentecost. Amen. The wood was there. The sacrifice was laid upon it. But it needed fire. Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem and tarry and wait. And don't leave until you be endued with a promise from the Father. Hallelujah.
Ezekiel said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I can't stop it. I can't shut it up. I can't make it be quiet. There's energy in it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Wet blankets are inflammable. They don't want to burn. Hallelujah. Are you wood? Oh, are you a wet blanket? Or maybe you're in between. I'm not a wet blanket, Pastor. Amen. But I hadn't, I hadn't felt any energy in a long time. I'm just some old wet wood. I'm just old damp wood. I've been sitting around so long not doing nothing, not praying, not reading my Bible, not worshiping. Amen. Just not really being faithful, not, not living my full life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But all I see is my job to keep the fire going. I can't wait for my neighbor to put me on fire. I can't wait for the pastor to put me on fire. God's not just going to follow me. Amen. I am supposed to burn for him. Drive me out, Lord. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And hey, give me something that will burn. I need some Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. comes down to two things. Yeah, it comes down to two things. First Kings, the 18th chapter. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullets. Let them choose one for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood. And put no fire under, and I will dress the other bullock and lay it on the wood and put no fire under. And call you on the name of your gods, and I'll call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. The God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Hallelujah. Well, then we come down to verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and I am thy servant, and that I have done all things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When you get God to light a fire, nothing can stop it from burning. When you get God to light a fire, Amen. When the fire of revival lights on a church, even inflammable materials will burn. Hallelujah. Even stones and water will burn. Even dust will burn. When you get a fire from God to fall on you and light up a church, hallelujah, everything will burn. Nothing will stop it. We need to burn like that for God. 
Hallelujah. It's time to challenge the false prophets of Baal, the false prophets of false religion, and the false world, and those people that have a form of godliness, but to deny the power of it. It's time to challenge them. You put your bullock on your altar, and I'll put mine on mine, and neither one of us will put fire to it. But the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Church, it's time to get past ourselves. It's time to lay down this old carnal nature. It's time to give up this old selfish selflessness. Amen. And give our lives to God. Amen. And let it be a fire burning in me, God. Let it burn. Let it burn. I got to burn. Hallelujah. Let me talk about something else. Conductors. Conductors in non-conductors. Amen. Conductors are materials in electronics that can move an electric current from one point to another. There are some things that work well as conductors. Metal is a good conductor. And uh, you know that because you've got a frying pan in your kitchen and you put that on the fire and the fire heats up the metal and the metal heats up the food and cooks it. So it's a good conductor. And uh, some common examples of materials that are used, conductive materials, are copper. I mean, our wiring in our homes, every, everything. It's mostly made of copper, so copper is an excellent conductive material. But also aluminum is used, and it's a conductive material. When they did the new uh, power lines out here to bring in 440 power, we went from 20, 220 on a pole to 440, three phase, and they had bring these huge spools of cable this big around, cable this big around, and inside of it, Strand after strand of well, heavy, heavy aluminum, like 316 thick wires, all bunched up in a big rope of aluminum, and run hundreds of feet down through the ditch out there to the highway, and hooked it up to a powerful big old unit out here, a big service box. I mean, that thing is industrial size. I'm going to tell you, that is meant to bring some power up in this house. That is meant to bring some electricity up in here. We're going to have lights. We're going to have heat. We're going to have everything we need. Hallelujah. Amen. Because we put the appropriate conductive material and connected it to a source of far greater power than any power we're going to use in this house. But we got enough coming in here to take care of everything that we're building in here. It's a conductive material. Even gold is a conductor. You may have gotten some things that you use on your computers or uh, di different digital things where there'll be a little bit of gold on, on, the, on the conductor there. Amen. Because it will do a better job in conducting digital signals. But, and there are certain electrical components that can be connected in phase with these conductive elements that can either inhibit or enhance the flow of energy. There's a little thing that amplifies 
the flow of electricity. In the 1960s, <clears throat> it became uh, so common, but very famous, because an electrical engineer invented a little thing called a transistor. That transistor amplifies the signal. It amplifies the signal. And out of it came, in the 1960s, Brother Jim, transistor radios. You, you remember back in the day when we were kids and we would run around with a little AM transistor radio and run on a 9-volt battery. And we had... And, and everybody had them, and we could, now everybody was listening to You didn't have to go home and, 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 and turn on the set there, uh, but you could, you could uh, carry it around in your pocket. Transistors amplify current and amplify energy. But there are also <coughs> chips that are called gates that, that stop or start or allow only a limited amount, so much energy go through. They're gates. And they're uh, famous in computer chips. Our computers use these chips all the time, which is, which is really their gates. They open and a lot power go through when it's supposed to, and they shut it off and stop it when it's not supposed to go through. And the sequence of gates opening and closing or limiting certain amount of information to go through is what makes your computer run. Isn't that amazing? Your cell phone has, it's full of these little gates, these little chips in it that allow energy and control the flow of energy through it. Crystals uh, conduct energy, and they were first used in the very first simple radio sets called crystal radios. Brother Jim, this is going back even past your time and my time, but back to our forefathers' times when they could make uh, crystal radios. You still can build them. They're very simple to build, and not very expensive, but they're very primitive. But the crystal uh, will conduct uh, energy, and they're now used in computer chips and other things. Some material is not good for conducting energy. Not good. It inhibits the flow of energy. Uh, ceramics, for instance, some of the components in electricity that are used to inhibit or flow or control or limit the amount of power that goes through the line will be coated with a ceramic. They're called capacitors, and they allow a certain amount of energy to go through and cut it off at other decibels or other ranges of energy. Uh, so there are things that inhibit the flow of energy. Stone, for instance, is not a good conductor of energy. Wood is not a good conductor of energy. And then there's something called a semiconductor. I wonder how many semiconductors are in the house today. We got wet blankets and semiconductors. Hallelujah. That need, amen, to get on fire for God. And they need to throw that gate open and say, flow. Not just throw the gate open and say, flow, but switch it over to an amplifier. And switch that one to another one that'll kick it up some more. And switch that one to another one that'll kick it up some more. Amen. And that little bit old amplifier, and you you put those amplifiers in sequence, hallelujah, and you start kicking that energy up. Amen. God can come in here just a little bit. Just a little bit. He can tickle our spiritual energy just a little bit. But are we going to open the gate and say, okay, God, flow through me? Are we going to shut the gate?
to find something he can use. Amen. Amen. You see, a fire won't do any good at all unless there's something for it to catch on to. It's only going to work if it's got something to work with. you got to give it something to work with. It don't just start by itself. you got to give it something to work with. Hallelujah. And you've got to keep feeding it. If as long as you want it to go, you've got to keep feeding it. Feed it with the word. Feed it with prayer. Feed it with worship. Feed it with worship. Hallelujah. Get the energy flowing. Hallelujah. And don't be satisfied just to get some. But get it going so much amplified in you that the neighbor next to you can't help herself. she got to get some too. And the one sitting over there got to gotta get some too. Just amp it up, church. Turn up the heat, church. Get the fire going. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Oh, my, 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 my. Y'all having a good time? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, Zephaniah. Who ever heard of Zephaniah? Hallelujah. Amen. Zephaniah has got some good things to say. 
Amen. In Zephaniah, the third chapter, beginning at verse 14. Now, before I say that, I want to say to you that I, I really I feel this message from God just like I felt Wednesday night's message from God. I preached about hope, the anchor of the soul. And it was an amazing thing because I, if you weren't here, there was a very small crowd here Wednesday night, so you weren't here, you didn't hear this. So I felt God gave me that message. He gave me that thought driving down in the morning to work. He put that in my heart and mind. It don't usually happen that way, but it happened that way. And when I got up to preach, I said, this is a small crowd, but I really believe God has this message here. There's somebody here that needs to hear this message. And when I got done preaching, Brother Heller came up to me and he said, Pastor, he said, you just stole my sermon that I was supposed to preach tomorrow night in Waterbury. You stole my sermon. He said, God spoke to me this morning and told me to preach about hope. Hallelujah. And I said, well, Brother John, I said, now we know. Now we know. Hallelujah. Amen. You are supposed to preach on hope, but this message is probably for you just as much as it is for anybody. It's probably for you. I'm taking it that it means it for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so the next day, he had to go to get his test for cancer. And I want him to come up here and tell you what the doctors told him. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just one scripture. The Bible says, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all your iniquities and healeth all your diseases. Hallelujah. Praise God. The doctors wanted me to go have a full body scan to prove what the Lord already knew. But the Lord already knew. And when I walked into the doctor's office Friday, I didn't, I, I had my blood work done. The tests were already in. And the doctor, before she saw me, she saw me in the hall, hallway. And she went like that. And I went, thank you, Jesus. And I just started worshiping the Lord because he had healed me of my cancer. Hallelujah. He healed me of the cancer. He healed my wife of her cancer. He healed Sister Zigrid of her cancer. He's a God that healeth. Hallelujah! Let's worship him! Hallelujah. Yeah! Hallelujah! That's what I'm talking about! <laughs> yes! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Zion, a shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy, the king of Israel. Even the Lord is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil anymore. In that day it shall be said in Jerusalem, fear thou not, and to Zion let not thine hands be slack. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly who are of thee. 
to whom the reproach of it was a burden. Behold, at that time, I will undo all that afflict thee. I will save her that halteth and gather her that was driven out, and I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. At that time will I bring you again, even in the time that I gather you, for I will make a name. I will make you a name and a praise among all the people of the earth when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Party time. Party time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And here's what I feel compelled to tell the church. Hallelujah. This is a new day. We are in a new day. We are in a new place. I like to think it began in 2014 or 15, but certainly it began in 2016 when we began the construction of this temple, this house of God. Hallelujah. The miracle that brought us to this building program continues this to this day. Right now, this is the pool of five porches. This is the pool of Bethesda. And the angel is in the water. He's in the water right now. Hallelujah. And I'm believing God is going to open up a new dimension to this church. Signs, wonders, and miracles are taking place, and they're going to take place. People are going to get healed. We're going to start believing for divine healing, and we're going to start getting it. Hallelujah. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I said this on Wednesday night, how that for 36 years, a pastor in this church, and we've been through so many dark valleys and so many rough times and had so, many, so much difficulty and trial in our life that I had gotten to a place in my spirit where I just didn't believe it was ever going to happen. I felt like I would just work until I died and, and, and maintain the best I could, and, and it wasn't going to happen. It would happen for everybody else, but it wasn't going to happen for us. Just kind of felt that way. And I was settled for it. I said, well, God, if you bless me, I'll serve you. If you don't bless me, I'm still going to serve you. Amen. It'd be nice to get blessed, but I'm not counting on it anymore. But you can count on me. I'll be here. <laughs> Hallelujah. It took years and years of being slammed down to get that negative attitude, to get that wet wood feeling to coat my conductors with non-conductive material and turn me into a semiconductor. It took years and years of bad things happening to put that on my face. But I turned that around, hallelujah. I totally turned that around, and I started to believe God. Amen. And when I changed my mind and I changed my attitude, you see, faith comes before the promises received. You don't get the promise first and then have faith. You get the faith first, and the faith gets you to the promise. Hallelujah. We've got to change our attitude. We've got to change our mind. You've got to quit keeping back the wood, and you've got to put it on the fire. 
Amen. You got to get a fan on it and dry it out and say, God, here it is, burn. Hallelujah. You got to open up the gates of your conductivity to the Lord because he's meant for us to be a chosen people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people whose job it is to show the world the praises of God. Hallelujah. But I'll tell you something. Once I got myself out of the way and started just to believe for better things, I saw God step in. And that miracle of this building program still continues to amaze me to this day. We're still on target. We still got enough money to finish this job. We're still going strong. Hallelujah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hallelujah. And we're going to rejoice in it. And God's setting us up for something great. Hallelujah. But I will never forget, from this day forward, I will never forget the lesson I learned, hallelujah, that God honors his word. He keeps his promises. He's always faithful. And I just always need to be hopeful. I always need to be hopeful and to trust and have faith and believe. But I sense that we're in a moment, we're in a moment as a church, hallelujah, amen, where God is moving, hallelujah. He's stirring the water. He's moving in things. He's doing things. And we might be getting tired, Sister Romaine, of out there working and working and working, hallelujah. But God bless you, hallelujah, amen, for the work that you're doing, amen, because there's great blessings coming to us, amen. There's great blessings coming to us in Jesus' name. I reminded Brother Heller yesterday, I said, Brother Heller, I said, what happened 20 years ago to you in your life when we were in the building, first building program? He said, I became the father of a child. Hallelujah. God blessed them with a child when they could not have kids. Hallelujah. And now we're in another building program. And he's been here faithful, working hard. Even though he was sick, amen, he came and he worked. And God blessed him again and took that cancer, amen, that took it, hallelujah. Amen. God's got it. God's got it. Hallelujah. Let's stand and worship God together. Praise God. Let's worship God. Let's have some music and worship God. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you need a healing, I want you to raise your hands right now. Hallelujah. The water's stirring. Hallelujah. Right now, go around and see somebody with a hand raised. And let's pray. Let's minister to one another. Come on, church. Don't just sit there right now. You need to pray. Hallelujah. We need the Lord to move. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. Let's minister to one another. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Praise God. Come on. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. If you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to raise your hands right now and pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. That's right. Hallelujah. Stir in the water. Hallelujah. Get in the water. 